another podcast oh to me this is just it's, it's just we all got this shit to talk about man we had a lot of shit going on in rounds three and four for the draft and i mean it's just one of those ones where i'm i'm in my place you're in your place living the dream with the baby i have tito's like let's go a lot of activity we of course you know had the second half of our rookie draft but we had a lot of trades before the rookie draft during the rookie draft after the rookie draft there's been some shifts i think with some teams and both in terms of contender status and you know rebuilding status it is a it's a fun time a lot of a lot of a lot of changes change is always a good thing though well very for, much so. in, in some aspects so we'll see what change we value and what change we frown upon this is true and i you know go figure we try to be nice and we get a lot of feedback that we were too you know we weren't, you know, headstrong with our trade analysis. We took it easy on people and they couldn't tell with how we viewed it. So I guess we need to be like meaner or a little more firm. Are people going to get offended when we start I, that? I don't know, but I guess, you know, there's no pleasing people. So no, there's not. There is not. So I'm I, you know, the gloves are off. I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go. It's fuck it. It's nine thirty two on a Saturday. Getting a little wild. Let's see what happens. I've got two drinks poured next to me, and I might have had one before this while watching the UFC. Let's fucking rage. So we have forty four minutes. Until yeah, basically, basically until Dan Dan becomes inoperable, which will probably be at just about entering the fourth round, where I'm probably going to be like, I don't know who this guy is. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. So this pod, we're going to recap all the trades and we're going to talk about the third and fourth round of the rookie draft. Um, and we're just going to kind of go in chronological order with everything. So we're going to start off with the first trade and that involved Jerry and Stefan. Uh, in this deal, Stefan or Jerry received Leonard Fournette and Stefan receives a 2022 second round draft pick from Kevin 3.8 and 4.7. Dan, what are your thoughts? Uh, Stefan wins. This is I, I like for as great as playoff Lenny is. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is is the first word there is called playoff, which means that they need to be in in the playoffs for Leonard Fournette to really find this extra value. Now, do I think Leonard Fournette is in a prove me point in his career? Yes. Yep. I think a lot of what Leonard Fournette needs to do needs to be nothing but success, and he could find himself in a good spot next year. Mm-hmm. But for a rebuilding team, giving up – this very well could be a pick a pick drop. With it, Jerry had a ton of picks, and he has talent on his roster. Mm-hmm. With it, I think might have part of this probably was a pick drop. But I, to me, Stefan wins this trade. Yeah, it's – I'm in agreement with you. Um, I think for, for Jerry's team, you know, I just go back to – you know, what is the vision? What is the goal? Like, what are you aiming to do? And this is for any team. But when you look at Jerry's team, it's clear he was rebuilding. And we've seen some trades, but all the trades have been kind of for very younger players. You know, he traded up aggressively for Jalen Waddell. Um, we saw him target um, some other players. Um, you know, he obviously had a lot of draft picks in rounds one and two, and he got a lot of key players to help him. But Leonard Fournette is where it just, why do you trade three draft picks, including a second rounder for Leonard Fournette? I think a lot of Leonard Fournette's value that we saw with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was in the pass catcher side of things. And the fact that they bought, brought in Giovanni Bernard, I just, I don't know. I think this backfield's going to suck. And I think if cost factored in, I would rather have Giovanni Bernard over all three of them. So from Jerry's standpoint, um, you know, trading for a running back like this i mean do you really think you're going to be a contender um is that what the angle is i'm you know i'm not sure i see it from Stefan's side of thing he's obviously a contender but this is like a deal you just you can't say no to getting a second round pick from leonard fournette that should be done that should be enough the fact that he got a third and fourth round draft pick kudos um i'm with you i think Stefan did extremely well in this deal 
just because I have to channel my inner barstool piece to it. Let's hear it. Stephen Shea will will appreciate this. Giovanni Bernard. (laughs) It's just, just, yep, he's sitting on my roster, so I'm hoping for the best for that. But, I mean, the real big question becomes is, which of these veteran running backs actually makes this roster? Or are all three going to make this roster? And you're like you said, it's just going to be an absolute shit show. I think it's just going to be an absolute shit show. I like I said, I think Leonard Fournette hit so much of his success last year was because he was the only pass catcher, and Giovanni Bernard is a very good pass catcher. So, much so than Leonard Fournette. So here becomes a question. Yeah, Ronald, Ronald Jones is is to me the the clear number one in that backfield. You have Fournette, you have Giovanni Bernard, mm-hmm. and then you have Keyshawn Vaughn, who they brought in. Yep. There's no way they roster four running backs, right? I mean, I don't really know. Probably not, but I don't really know, you know, Bruce Arian style. I don't know how they contribute on special teams, um, but probably not. So I so, I, so who gets cut? Four, Let me ask you I that. Who gets cut? Vaughn, obviously. Okay. So you think even though Vaughn's the, the youngest of that with potential future, you think that Keyshawn Vaughn is the odd man out? Yeah, if I was doing it. Okay. Sure. All right. I, he's clearly number four in terms of talent. I, and, I agree. Uh, yeah. So uh, bye. Adios. Yeah. If, if that's the choice. But they I, might be able to keep four. I don't know how their special teams works. And if Vaughn or maybe Giovanni plays special teams, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. All right. Trade one. Done. Trade one in the books. And let's move on. And this one might have some discussion. Yeah, um, this one's going to have discussion. This uh, The first trade with Steve, uh, like I mentioned in the start of this podcast, we had some teams take some shifts. And Steve took the biggest shift of all the teams in the league. Uh, he is very clearly rebuilding now. And to yes. start things off, Steve or Adam received DJ Moore, Matt Ryan, Blake Jarwin, and Naheem Hines. Steve received a 2023 first-round draft pick that is Adam's, a 2023 second-round draft pick that is Steve's, a 2023 third-round pick that is Stefan's, Nick Foles, Jay Sternberger, uh, Freddie Swain, and Duke Johnson. Dan, what are your thoughts? Duke Johnson's not even on a team, is he? No, I'm pretty sure those last four guys have all been cut. So I don't know. Okay. Well, well, so so Johnson, I know for a fact, is gone. Foles is on the doorsteps being traded to uh, probably Indianapolis after the way that game went down today. Jay Sternberger's on the on the bridge of being cut because he can't catch a fucking ball. Freddie Swain, I've yeah, just Freddie Swain. With it. So you ended up with a second, a third, a first, and a dollar. Oh yeah, I forgot the dollar. Yeah, forgot the dollar. Don't let's not fucking shell out. That's not short. I absolutely fucking love that we can trade fucking free agency dollars too. This is fucking amazing. Um, to me, the best player that got traded in this thing is is DJ Moore. Well, like obviously, I mean, I'm just okay. Like I got to start somewhere <laughs> with it. Let me fucking start. Obviously, okay. um, Naheem Hines. I it, I'm really still curious about where he fits in this backfield mm-hmm. with with Marlon Mack with. Um, you know, JT and then uh, work. Is it Wilkerson? No, it's who's the I know the W bad. They have a they have a running back that starts with the W, but either way. And then one year left, Matt Ryan. Um, can I just can I take a second and go just go puke over my railing really quick? This trade sucked. Jordan Wilkins was the running back. Thank through. you. Thank yes. you. So, yeah, this trade is god awful. I mean, I think for me. DJ Moore for a first, a second, and a third is fair. Like, DJ Moore is about a top 15 wide receiver in my book. Uh, well, look, you think this was garbage for Steve, right? Yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I think DJ Moore is a top 15 dynasty wide receiver, probably top 10. Um, and I think that is clearly worth a first, a second, and a third. So the fact that in addition to DJ Moore... Adam somehow managed to get Matt Ryan, who is an older quarterback, but has proven to be a successful quarterback and is by far Adams, like fills a huge position of need. Blake Jarwin, who had, is a tight end that has, we've seen some promise. And Naheem Himes, I'm with you. I don't know how he fits in this backfield, but he is a free agent next summer. Um, he is a pass catcher. He a will get work. Pass catcher. Yes, he will get work somewhere. I am just blown away by this deal. I, I don't know what Steve was thinking, how this made sense to him. Um, and the thing that kind of blows my mind is the fact 
Steve doesn't have his first round draft pick next year, which again, I don't think like you can't rebuild if you don't have your pick, but like, if you're going to rebuild, why don't you get like an amazing deal? Like this, this is crap. Like this is, I'll say it right now, like top five, like worst deal trade in the league by far. This, this, this very one might be my, my number one. Like this might, this might yeah. top, this might ice the cake for me. This is top five for me. I'd have to think a little I mean, bit top, harder. Top three. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I just don't get it. Like D, all this for DJ Moore, fine. But to throw in Matt Ryan, I mean, even Blake Jarwin and Naheem Hines, I think, is like at least a third or probably about a third round draft pick value. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I do not like this. I, I mean, yeah. And for Adam's side of things, obviously, like this just is great. You know, you get yep. so much extra value on this trade. But Adam now, because of this deal, I think there is a strong argument to be made that he is a top three team in the entire league. Like he is a very clear, not just playoff contender, but title contender. Like this is a, this is a game changing trade for him. I appreciate a name change too this year coming into it. Austin City Limits. I would be, I would be very curious to get the, uh, the background behind the name change. The hashtag side note that I expect a DM by that'll let me know if you actually listen to the fucking podcast too. You want him to slide into your DMs? I I do want him to slide in my DMs. I because uh, yeah. Fuck it. Let's go with All right. it. All right. All right. Any All right. more thoughts on this deal? No. No. Trade okay. two is done. Steve Steve fucking blew this one. Was that mean enough? Is that good enough? Like, I just... Give and me, your, feed, give, give me your feedback. I think that's crystal clear. Okay. All right. Second or third trade. Uh, this would involve Stefan and Chris. In this deal, Stefan received Wolf Fuller, and Chris received 3.8, and uh, a 2022 second-round draft pick from Kevin. What are your thoughts, Dan? I think this is a this is a offensive hype train trade. Mm-hmm. Like this is Will Fuller goes to an offense where you like you're really fucking excited. Like I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of what Miami's doing with their with their team. They're they're bringing in talent. They're building around part of this. Will Fuller's a fucking God, fuck you. You went to Notre Dame, so I like you, but you fucking you shut up, man. Figure your fucking life out. Um. I like Will Fuller. I think Will Fuller yep. can take the top off of defenses. This is something that that team desperately needs in their offense. So I'd love the landing spot. I think he paid too much. How much? Or how much too much? I think I think just the second would have been good enough for Will Fuller. I think the third, especially in this year's draft, was was just the overpay. Yeah, I... I actually think it's a little more fair. I, I, I like Will Fuller a bit. Um... But, you know, the injury concerns are definitely um, a problem. I mean, I like it a little bit more from Chris. I think from a rebuilding team, getting the second rounder is great. And the 3.8 is, you know, awesome, too. Um, For Stefan, I think Will Fuller has a lot of upside. I mean, again, I I like it a little bit more for Chris, but I don't think it's like an egregious overpay. All right. Yeah, I mean, Will Fuller has all the talent in the world in that offense. If if Tua Tunga Viola can actually distribute the ball will fuller makes this offense fucking amazing that he does and you know so far in preseason two was pretty dang solid Look, so. yeah i yes agreed all right let's move on to the fourth one and we have another steve trade steve and kevin got together for this one and on this one kevin received noah fant Derek carr jarvis landry logan thomas aj green 3.10 and 4.2. Steve received a 2022 first round draft pick that is Stefan's, a 2023 second round draft pick that is Kevin's, Sam Darnold, um, and then a bunch of guys that were cut Tyree Jackson, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, and Will Disley. Dan, what's your thoughts on this one? Holy fuck again with it. Like, this is a straight fucking rebuild trade where you get Sam Darnold a first and a second. For for Noah Fant in this fucking list, yeah. With this, so is Derek Carr, a starting quarterback. Jarvis Landry, who was an absolute hawk in that Cleveland offense. Logan Thomas and AJ Green, okay, like you get role players and shit like this, but you got two picks as well. Like, ah, uh, sorry, Steve. This is yeah. This, this I, is bad again. I don't think it's as bad as the first one. Um, oh, I I agree. I agree. It's still not. It's still not great. 
but it, yeah. it's still not, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm with you. I like it more from Kevin's perspective. Um, I think Noah Fant is definitely the, the jewel of this trade in a tight end premium league, but he's in a very crowded offense, and we'll see if the quarterbacks that they have can, you know, support all these weapons. Um, I'm curious, though, the Sam Darnold versus Derek Carr. Two questions. Which quarterback would you rather have on your team? Now or in the future? Right now. Right now, Derek Carr. Which quarterback do you think, from a dynasty perspective, is more valuable? Sam Darnold. Is it close for either answer? Yes. Okay. So, I mean... I mean, do you think I'm off in either of the three answers? I mean, I probably would actually say Derek Carr for both. I, okay. I'm not a big Sam Darnold believer, but I might be biased at this point. Um, I guess I, I guess the only reason I say that is obviously I have a, I have a Christian McCaffrey, so I want to be a firm believer in what he can do with a good yeah. running back. He's got two very, very talented wide receivers, which I don't think he really had when he was up in, in New York. This yeah, is this is a Sam Darnold make or break year. And I oh, want to and, and I'll channel my inner Nick Ruth here because, you know, rip to the third member of this fucking podcast. Um, it just never gets old to fucking bring that up. Um, I mean, he gets talented. He is. He he really, is. And, and you're absolutely right. Like the, the amount of talent that this Carolina Panthers offense has is absurd. You know, obviously they have McCaffrey, you know, pretty much the best running back. Um, in the league, but you've got a great wide receiver core. You've got a very innovative offensive coach leading the way. Um, you know, he has a supporting cast that many quarterbacks in this league would dream of having. Correct. So it's, it's on him to succeed or not. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing that just like kind of blows my mind is like, how did like the conversation go that like they talk about this deal and then like at the end, Kevin's like, but to get this done, I need like three dot ten and four dot two. Like, why did like Steve have to throw in these picks? Like, that's just that's what like blows my mind. I I would. That's, yeah. Hey, I'm man, not in, gonna say in like. A, in addition to the fact that I have to drop all bunch of players for this, can you just take them too? Like, yeah. Because that way you can just drop them. Yeah. Or uh, or you can keep them on your roster so you score zero fucking points all year, and then you can guarantee yourself they have the, the fact that you have the number one pick. Yeah, I mean, I. You know, we've seen at this point first round draft picks are at a premium in our league for sure. Um, very hot commodities. But yeah, I, I like Kevin a little bit more um, in this deal. Um, it's not as bad as the first one for Steve, but I don't think this is a great trade. Yep. All Man, right. that's four trades we've talked about. Do we have any more before we get into the first round? We have one more. Let's go. All right. And this involves the Ruth's trade. Uh, Nick Ruth and Kevin Ruth. Uh, Nick Ruth receives collusion, collusion, collusion. Noah Fant, Marcus Mariota, Anthony McFarland, 3.10, 4.2. And Kevin receives Odell Beckham Jr., Devin Singletary, Pat Freermuth, and a 2022 fourth round draft pick that is Nick Ruth's. What's your thoughts? So I, I look at the two major pieces to me in my eyes that are being moved, which is OBJ and Noah Fant. So yep. so I'll counter question for you. Who do you like better in their current offense, Noah Fant or OBJ? Or do you think it's that close that they're that they're close enough and sounds like? I mean, it's it's hard. I can't give like a definitive answer because I think it depends on your team. Um, I think in a vacuum, like who would I rather have? It's probably Noah Fant. But I think if you're a contender, if you already have like a solid tight end, even just a top 10, because I don't know if Noah Fant can guarantee be that this year. Mm -hmm. I think I would probably roll the dice with Odell Beckham Jr. If I'm rebuilding, I'm taking Noah Fant 10 out of 10 times. Um, So it just there's it depends on your team. Um, Yeah. And I think the big piece for this is is, is I agree with that. I, I think even with some of the players being moved, I still like this a little bit more for Nick with it. Uh, nobody knows what's going to happen. Obviously, Marcus Mariota is backing up Derek Carr. Anthony McFarland is not going to be the starter in Pittsburgh. Um, you give up a second to get a third. You you basically trade force in in different no years. Oh, yeah. you're talking free Yeah, yeah free Yeah. yeah. Um, it's I th- this trade. I guess I'm indifferent about because I'm not sure what you're going to get out of Noah Fant because you don't know who the quarterback yet is going to be. Fuck you, Vic Fangio. 
Um, but OBJ looks like he's healthy and ready to go. Yeah, I think for me, this is a toss-up. If I had to pick a winner, I would probably go with uh, Kevin, believe it or not. Okay. Um, I think, let's talk from from Nick's side. I think what we've seen with his rebuild and I kind of respect is he doesn't mind overpaying a little bit to get the best player in the deal. And I think he overpaid a little bit here to get Noah Fant. But I think as a rebuilding team, you know, Noah Fant has a potential chance to be just an elite tight end for the next eight years. That's Kelsey-like, um, yes. Yeah, and obviously that means that they need to get their quarterback situation figured out. And if they do, I think the sky's the limit for Noah Fant. Um, but he did give up a lot in this deal. I think Odell Beckham Jr., while he might be more of a name value at this point, I still think he has upside. Devin Singletary is a running back. Um, he's not going to be a RB2, but I think he's going to be a solid flex. I mean, Pat Freermuth is he's definitely not Kyle Pitts, but I think he's a solid tight end. And long term, he could be a good option. Um, so Nick gave up some good pieces, but I'm fine with doing that to get a guy like Noah Fant. So of of all the trades we've talked really about so far, I think this is this is the best trade that we've talked about. Yeah, I think it I think it makes so much sense for both teams. Um, I think. Both teams got what they wanted. Kevin needed a wide receiver. He still was able to get back a little bit of depth. And for Nick, he got arguably probably the most valuable player in the deal. And he didn't have to pay an arm and a leg to get it done. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So after those four deal, five deals, we're ready to jump into the rookie draft. So we're going to start with the first pick. And Armand was on the clock. And he took... Ramondre Stevenson, running back for the New England Patriots. Uh, any quick thoughts on him, Dan? Why? How many running backs do the New England Patriots have? They're like the Chicago Bears with tight ends. Um, I mean, it's, it's just—I mean, it's just really what it fucking is. I—I I like this kid out of Oklahoma. Like, I think he's a—he's a crafty kid, but I—I I hate running backs in Bill Belichick's offense because it's—it's whoever's hot gets the ball. Yep. And if you're not hot, you can sit Damian Harris, James White, Sonny Michelle, Stevenson, Bolden, J.J. Taylor. That's five guys that could actually compete for carries. Yep. Love, love the kid. Hate the position. Yeah. I mean, how much? So I don't think there was like a complete no brainer like person that had to go three dot one. Um, so I'm of the opinion. I think this pick was 100 percent decided because of the first preseason game. What are your thoughts on that? I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. I, I think he looked really good. He looked he really good. Yeah. I mean, it. it's, yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, any, you could see, you know, he's a bigger guy. Could he be the Garrett Blunt in this offense, you know, being the hammer to some of these other running backs? Maybe. Um, I don't hate the pick. Um, I don't know if this is where I would have gone. But I think he was definitely a guy that should have been one of the early picks in this round, though. So um, he's a Patriot running back, though. And I think we've seen kind of a pattern that the young guys, it's usually a redshirt year. And I don't anticipate him getting a lot of playing time in the regular season. Um, but if he breaks that mold, maybe he could be he ends up being something special. So for Armand, you know, running backs are always at a premium if this you know works out. Kudos. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, shoot your shots where you can, right? Yep, for sure. Um, all right. Uh, next pick is going to be 3.2, and this was actually made by myself. And I took Diami Brown, uh, wide receiver for the Washington football team. Upside. Love yep. upside. And this is a guy that, depending on some of the health of the wide receivers, I mean, Terry McLaren's obviously good. Curtis Samuel, we haven't seen yet. But I think Duami Brown, he's, he's going to beat out Antoine Gandy-Golden. Like, Steven Sims, I think he's, he's going to be ahead of him with it. It's – God bless Ryan Fitzpatrick, like, if you're making this pick right now. Like, you need him to be the man, the myth, the legend. And we need him to – everybody in this group to vote to get him into the Pro Bowl because if he doesn't make the Pro Bowl, he can't be a Hall of Famer. Um, which I think is an absolute fucking asinine fucking rule, but let's go with it. Um, is it really a rule? That's legit thing. You cannot be in the Hall of Fame if you do not play in a Pro Bowl. I mean, I don't think Fitzpatrick should be a Hall of Famer, but that's still okay. a... I'm just, I'm just saying, just give him, give him a chance. 
with it. I don't think he makes it either, but I mean, the man's had a hell of a career. This is a, I think this is an interesting pick because you don't know what's going to happen after this year. You don't know who's going to be in here. Is this, is this going to be Spencer Rattler where Washington's going to be getting this guy or is Washington going to do so well this year with Ryan Fitzpatrick that, you know, Spencer Rattler's now not on the board and Ryan Fitzpatrick gets year two. Cause mm-hmm. I doubt you turn it over to Taylor Hineke or you're going after a free agent or trading for Aaron Rodgers in the off season and kind of living the dream from there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just, like I said earlier, I didn't think there was a no brainer pick. I just think it's an upside one. I, I liked him as a prospect. He went in the third round. I don't think Curtis Samuel is all that super talented. Um, I thought he had a good year last year with Carolina, but that was because he was with a very creative offensive team. I don't think his skill set is going to be utilized well, whereas Brown's skill set is much easier for anyone to use. He's a deep threat, but he can also catch the ball um, extremely well. So I think it's much more easier to see Brown carving out a role um, than maybe Samuel and potentially being maybe that number two guy behind Terry McLaren sooner than later. So that, you know, it's an upside pick. We'll see if it works out long term. Agreed. All right. Three dot three is Mr. Jerry, and he took Kellen Mond, uh, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. I mean, I think this was, uh, this could have gone one of three different ways. I think it could have been the guy he picked, the guy that, that went at four, or the guy that went at five with it, just because there's uncertainty in the quarterback future of all three teams that we'll begin to talk about. Yep. Um, nobody knows what's going to happen with Kirk Cousins. We're in a contract year. Kellen Mund has been rumored that this is the future in the face of the the franchise for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, he didn't look particularly sharp this this week with it. Six of 16 for 53 yards. That's not really great. Um, but who knows? I mean, the learning, developing, sitting a year and getting the ability to soak it all in could be good. And Kellen Mund is a good quarterback. Um, I'm, I'm 100% okay with this pick. Yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, he definitely has the upside. Um, long-term could work out. I mean, he could be, if any quarterback in this class could somehow be this year's Jalen Hurts, I think Kellen Mund has the best chance of doing that. Um, but I think he's got a long way to go um, just from, I mean, Jalen Hurts isn't a great passer, but Kellen Mund is like, an awful passer. He's a, he's a good rusher though. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe this year of, you know, learning, if he can maybe turn the corner and, you know, maybe come 2022, maybe he is the guy or has a chance to compete for the starting role. Um, for Jerry, he needs quarterbacks. Um, I, it's hard to argue this against any other options. So I'm okay with this. Yep. Ooh, ooh! I mean, you're coming off cold, so give the man a break here. All this you fucking true. listeners at home, you can go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Was that too aggressive too? Like, I feel like I'm just feeling it right now. No, just just keep letting it ride. Let's go. All well, right, because I'm because I'm up next now. now. You're up next. Hint, hint, hint. Dan made a trade. Dan and Steve. So in this deal, uh, Steve received a 2023 second round draft pick that is Dan's, and a 2022 fourth round draft pick that is also Dan's. Uh, Dan received three dot four. And he selected Mr. Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard. This was an overpay, but I'm 100% okay with it. All right, let's hear your thoughts. Keep it rolling. I cannot afford to lose a backfield in where I continue to think that I want to contend, that I have a top three team in my in my division. This is the oh shit moment like I had last year with Mike Davis when I lost Christian McCaffrey that says I'm going to continue to get a guy that can perform. And he had a great preseason week one. He had a great preseason week, too. This is just my I can't afford to not have decent running backs. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone can not afford to not have decent running backs. Um, I mean, it's an overpay, right? Yeah, I mean, there's really no way to spend. I think this is a pretty clear overpay. I'm curious, did you try like when? Did this become someone that you wanted to target? Were you talking with other teams? Um, once once Kellen Munn went, I knew that I needed to... The, the debate for me was between going Hubbard or Trask. If Cousins doesn't have a job, I'm banking on the fact that Allen and... Um, 
shit, I just fucking blanked on the guy in New England's name. Mac Jones, thank you. Jones. Um, that that Mac Jones is going to be Cam Newton out for a job. Mm-hmm. If uh, otherwise, I'm at one quarterback with it, and I thought Kellen Mum was going to be the guy that I could get there. Watching Jerry take him kind of screwed me. <coughs> so this immediately went to Steve to saying, "All right, well, if I'm not going to get the quarterback that I need, I should probably make sure that I don't lose my running back tandem." Yeah. And it was it was the move. I'm I I'm probably the worst player in the league for blowing second round picks for backup running backs. But it's it's my thing. Like I'm just gonna call it my trademark. I yeah. I could not afford to lose running backs without absolutely blowing up my team and going to rebuild. And I think I still have enough talent on my roster that I can still be a contender. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we've talked about many of your other trades for backup running backs, and I don't entirely agree with that approach. I think, um, you know, what we saw from Mike Davis last year was definitely more of the fluke. You know, by and large, I think guys like Christian McCaffrey, you know, Saquon Barkley, Delvin Cook, you know, these guys are elite, and you can't just replace them with, a running back and expect them to produce like even 90% of what they can do. Now, Mike Davis did that last year and kudos to you for having him. But I don't think like if Christian McCaffrey goes down that Chuba Hubbard is going to come in and be that guy. Oh, I, I completely agree. Me run. Um, and I get like wanting to have the backfield, but I think there's an argument to be made that, you know, if, if McCaffrey goes down, your season's probably just over. You know, if, no. you know, Dalvin Cook goes down, my season's probably just over. I don't think, you know, whoever, whatever running back you want to say, mm-hmm. um, that's that's my approach. Um, it's I'm not going to say it's the right approach. Um, you got your guy, you know, you got Chubba Hubbard. Um, that's always nice. You know, for Steve, I think this is a very nice trade. Yep. Um, having an early third, you know, he could have got a nice player, but instead he turns that into a second round draft pick in the 2023 class, which again, there's a lot of excitement with that. And he got a fourth round draft pick as well. Um, this for Steve, definitely turn a corner. Like this is um, as close to an A plus as you can get for a deal. Um, you just eliminate all risk with an early third round traffic and turn that into a second and a fourth. Um, that is that is a yep. win anywhere you slice it. Absolutely, hundred percent. But I, I'll stand by the fact I I went and got the guy that I wanted to, yeah. and I pay and I paid the price for it. So, no. And at the end of the day, I will never fault anyone for going to get their guy. There's nothing wrong with that because at the end of the day, no one knows anything. Like I could tell you that you're Ron and then guess what? In three months, I've been proven Ron because Hubbard is maybe a stud or vice versa. You yep. could say, I need to get your this guy. And I'm like, Dan, you're crazy. And in three months, maybe we'll be like, yeah, Dan was crazy. But who knows? Yep. Facts. And that's that's the <laughs> great part about fucking fantasy. Bless you. You know, God, that's, take a drink. A Do you? That's yep. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, this is. This is the part in the draft where it's, you know, take your chances, make your plays, and then live and either die in your grave or, you know, live to be resurrected. Go fucking hashtag religion with some of this. But yeah. All right. Enough about me. Let's move on. 3.5. Mr. Aman was back on the clock and he took Kyle Trask. Best player available. You think? Yeah, I think so. I, this is one of those ones where, Tom Brady's not going to play forever yeah. and everything like this is a, you hope that Trask proves himself to be a worthwhile backup to learn from arguably the greatest quarterback we've seen in the fact that we've been alive mm-hmm. and you hope he picks something up. And I think this is a, a good pick. This is, this is the other player that I was debating upon going to three dot four just because of my quarterback situation. I, I like it. I mean, he didn't look very good against the Bengals, you know, four for 15 for 35 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not great with it, but you hope that he learns. And taking a backup to, again, arguably the best quarterback we've ever seen, I'm okay with. Yeah, um, I don't really like it. Um, I doubt Kyle Trask is ever a relevant quarterback in the NFL, just being realistic about it. Um, I... Yeah, I don't really like the pick. Um, I would have gone with a wide receiver or, you know, a tight end or something at this point. But um, it's a third round draft pick in the middle of the round. So it's not like you wasted a lot of capital on it. You know, most of these guys are going to fail. I guess if you're going to fail with a quarterback, 
there's nothing wrong with that, but that's where I'm at. Yeah, no. All right. All where right. are we going we next? Have, we have another trade. Um, this was actually between myself and Armand's team. Armand received Gabriel Davis and 4.12, and I received the pick on the clock, 3.6 and 4.1. Dan, what are your thoughts? Uh, so who do you take with this pick, though? Because you missed that part. With 3.6, I took Josh Palmer, wide receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I six two six. He's a six two wide receiver. Like that's kind of be great. And you just you know Justin Herbert's going to spread the ball all over the field. Sucks you you go into a into a Keenan Allen dominated offense, but Kevin's love child's not there. So I I like it. I mean I Gabriel Davis looks good in Buffalo, and I I mean yes, sorry, I'm going to put my boner down for Josh Allen in the offense this year. Um. But you you basically go up nine picks and get a young veteran versus going back not you know eleven picks to get a guy that isn't a potent offense. I, I I don't mind it and everything like this. I don't know enough about Josh Palmer coming out of Tennessee um, to really be super excited with it. But I mean, it's from reading the stat sheet here, uh, ninety catches for fourteen sixteen in yardage with seven touchdowns. Um, yeah, not bad. Yeah, I mean, Gabriel Davis, I liked him. I thought he had a good rookie year, but ultimately, I just, I'm not sure if he was going to break out really in this offense, especially after they brought in Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Cole Beasley's still there, and obviously Stefan Diggs. Um, so I wanted to kind of, I viewed it kind of resetting the pick. Uh, Josh Palmer was someone that I didn't really know a lot about either come draft time. If I think if we had the rookie draft, uh, finish up in May. There's a chance he might have been undrafted, but he did go in the third round. Um, he was in a dysfunctional Tennessee offense, and really all summer there have just been nothing but glowing reports. When the preseason game one came, I loved seeing all the action that he got. Um, ultimately, my philosophy is I don't really care about preseason um, except for two things. One is if there's an injury, obviously. And two, if there's like so much just good news or bad news that comes out about a player and then a preseason game comes and it kind of just reaffirms everything that you've been reading about for three months. In this case, Josh Palmer, there's been a lot of positive news. So I, you know, it might be confirmation bias. I don't know. I don't care. Um, but I wanted Palmer. So that's why I made this trade. Um, yep. Yeah. Go get the guy that you want. That's, exactly, that's the name yeah. of the game. Go get the guy that you want. <coughs> I apologize for all these you, coughs. This you live your podcast is not sponsored by, you know, Mucinex. Mucinex. It should be, though. Yep. Hashtag ad. All right. Let's move on. We have now we're going to. Yeah, no we're going to roll here. Little, we're going to roll through some picks. Uh, 3.7. Uh, Zane select Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. Great landing spot. Older in age at 24 years old, but he very well could be the slot guy for this team. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Russell Wilson is his quarterback. Um, I'm with you. He's an older co- player, but he did go in the second round. Yep. You know, second round wide receivers are usually guys that are going to get opportunities. And to get someone like him in the middle of the third round, I think this is a good pick. For Zane, I think this, you know, hard to argue against it. Yeah. 3.8, we're moving on. And Armand, or wait, who took this pick? Intermittent music, hold times. Chris took this pick. Chris is on the clock, and he took Davis Mills, uh, quarterback for the Houston Texans. Really like this pick. I mean, obviously with the Deshaun Watson, um, not sure what's going to happen with him to the Tarad stabbed in the heart Taylor. Um, it's a guy that maybe has a shot depending on injuries or arrests or you know, trainer issues that has a shot to play. So I'm okay with the fact that, that this is where Davis Mills went. Yeah. I mean, I kind of have the same thoughts about Davis Mills that I have about Kyle Trask. I doubt he's ever a relevant quarterback in the NFL, but it's a third round draft pick. You can grab whoever you want. Yep. Uh, All right. 3.9 is a pick made by myself. And I took Jacob Harris, Tight end for the L.A. Rams. 
Uh, tight ends in a tight end premium league are always good wins with the fact that this guy's probably going to compete with Tyler Higby for the starting position. Um, he's a big kid. He's six fucking five. Like, and that's what you love out of that. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how Matthew Stafford works. I mean, we saw what he did with, um, fill in that tight end's name, please. In Detroit. Thank thank you. This is where the vodka sets in. So we made it through. We didn't even make it to the fourth round. Damn it. I was hoping. Um I we're getting there. But I I think it's it's a good pick. It's a good pick. Yeah. Um the only reason I was really super interested in him, he was actually a wide receiver in college, but the Rams want to convert him to tight ends. Um that increases his fantasy value a lot. We'll see if it works out. Um, but he's an intriguing, very intriguing draft prospect. Yep. Um, 3.10 is made by Mr. Nick Ruth, and he took Tylen Wallace, wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. I think you've said enough. Wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, they, all they do is run the ball or throw dump passes. They really don't have any wide receiver value. Uh, who knows? I mean, yeah, it's, I, it's rough. I, I liked him a lot you know, during the draft process. but <laughs> Until he landed on the Ravens. And not only that, though, but I think you have to be concerned with the fact that all their wide receivers are currently injured. Bateman, uh, Sammy Watkins, Hollywood Brown. And Tylen Wallace should have like this opportunity to shine. And he's done nothing in two preseason games. And there really hasn't been any glowing reports out of camp for him. Um, I don't love this pick for Nick. Um, We'll see if it works out. But the early returns, the very, very early returns don't seem to be that great. Nope. 3.11 3.11 was made by Jerry, and he took Funky Town Jake Funk uh, running back for the uh, L.A. Rams. I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen with this backfield outside of Daryl Henderson. Yep. Cam Akers obviously going down is a big loss, but who spells Daryl Henderson? Is this is it Funk? Is it Xavier Jones? I don't think really anybody knows. This is a crapshoot pick for a pie-in-the-sky opportunity. I'm with you. Um Again, it's a good dart throw. Um, it's a third-round pick. You could do a lot worse. Fine with it. 3.12 uh, was made by Chris, and he took Sam Ellinger, uh, quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Sorry, I'm working here. Uh, this, this one's going to be interesting with, obviously, the injury to Carson Wentz. There's debate. Is it going to be Ellinger? Is it going to be... Um... Jake Fr- Jake from Eason. Eason, damn it, fuck. So close. Yep, I, I baby steps in the right direction. Um, who knows? This is going to be interesting because the, I mean, at least in the recent game, ten for 15, 155 yards, but he threw a pick, thirty yards rushing, which is an interesting piece because everybody loves rushing quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, this could turn out to be a fucking amazing pick for Sam, or for no, it's Chris, right? For Chris, yep. For Chris, yeah. I, you you backdoor yourself into a starting quarterback for maybe four to six weeks. That's a W in life. Yeah, we'll see. It it seems like there's a chance, or maybe even a good chance, that Wentz will be back for game one. Um, yeah, I mean, he definitely, Ellinger seemed like he was not going to be someone that would succeed in the NFL. Um, didn't have high draft capital, but it seems like he's impressing. Um, again, it's a late-round quarterback. The odds are stacked against him. He probably won't work out. But who knows? Um, he was taken with a late-round rookie draft pick. You can do a lot worse. All right. All right. We moved to the fourth round. Fourth and round. And 4.1 was made by myself, and I took Khalil Herbert running back for the Chicago Bears. Was this a homer pick? A little bit. Um, I did like what I saw from him. I think he's a really shifty and um, can run the ball. He can catch the ball. And also, you know, side note, I'm very concerned about Tariq Cohen, and I don't know if he's ever going to just come back and be a super functional player. Um, it seems like the ACL stuff is dragging on, and he's not quite recovering almost, you know, about 11 months later. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, you know, it's kind of insurance. You know, in the fourth round, you're kind of swinging for the fences, and that's kind of what I did with this one. Oh, they're all fence swings as we go forward here. It's dear Christ, sure. please let this fucking be good. Crack. Yep. And and you go that way. And I think this is I mean, Damian Williams coming in is a little bit of a setback to to this pick, but I mean, Damian Williams is not a rookie. He's not a young guy. This could be the best spell you can get to David Montgomery that you can find. Yeah. Um, so four two 
goes to Mr. Nick Ruth, and he took Noah Gray, tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this could obviously be the oh shit Travis Kelsey play because doesn't he own? Travis he does Kelsey? not own. He does not own Travis Kelsey. Oh, did he? Oh, he traded him. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of positive buzz for him. Um, it hasn't really translated through true preseason games. But a lot, a lot, a lot of positive buzz out of camp. And in fairness, everyone gets positive buzz in camp, so we'll see. But a lot of positive buzz could be a good yep. sign. Gotta love positive buzz. Positive buzz. Dan, you're on the clock at 4.3, and you took Mr. Tutu Atwell. Well, running or wide receiver, excuse me, for the LA Rams. What were your thoughts with selecting? Can I, can I share an amazing story with you? Let's hear it. I made this pick at like 11 15 in the morning i was at or 11 15 at night i was absolutely fucking hammered and i hit the wrong button oh really yep i did not fucking mean to do this but you know what i mean it'll be what it'll be i I legit was drunk as shit and made this selection can I, you can I've, you or do you feel comfortable saying who you meant to pick uh it'll be it's a crazy crazy piece it was the guy i picked later in the draft which we'll get to oh. Okay, so it all worked out. Kind it of. all worked out, but I like I I meant to scroll and I hit fucking draft and instead of tapping the names and like I'm not proud of this shit, but I mean, I'll take it. It's gonna be he's gonna make the team. It's I mean Van Jefferson's look good. He's gonna fight Van Jefferson for the slots for the slot piece with it. He I think he's still better than Deshaun Jackson. Um, I yeah, this was just I mean sorry boys, this was just a fucking I was drunk kind of piece. And. Go go ahead with that one. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) I mean, so let's positive and negative real quick with him. Positive, he was taken in the second round of the NFL draft. Yep. He's a wide receiver. Like, those guys typically don't last until the fourth round of rookie drafts. The only reason they last till the fourth round of rookie drafts if they're 5'9 and 160 pounds. And that's what Tutu Atwell is. So, uphill battle. All slot. Yeah. Most welcome in my life. Let's, yep, let's hope. Um, 4.4 um, is Steve, and he took Elijah Mitchell, Mitchell running back for the San Francisco 49ers. This might be the second worst offense to determine what running back is going to get the ball in the entire league behind New England. Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, Jeff Wilson, Wayne Gallman, Kyle Juszczyk, Elijah Mitchell. Throw, shoot your shot, man. That not the, Not the place that I would have shot my shot at. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of those guys get injured. I don't hate the pick in the fourth round. Oh, um, I mean, yeah, you again, shoot your shot with it. You hope yeah. you, you you figure it out and you, you hit strike gold. That's all it is. Say no more. All right, 4.5 is Steve as well, and he took Jared Patterson running back for the Washington football team. God, another crowded backfield. Gibson's going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. McKissick's the pack catcher. Lamar Miller's the veteran we bring in to make sure that we're not going to fuck this world up. He Peyton cut. Barber, oh, yep. Peyton Barber was there last year, so we're going to leave him around. And then you have Jarrett Patterson. Shoot your shot, man. That's all it is. This is where I'm just going to pretty much go with shoot your shot the entire time. I believe this is the first um, undrafted player that was drafted for us. And, uh, you know, this is a testament to Patterson. He's been pretty impressive through two preseason games. And again, you know, quote unquote, positive buzz for him. So I think, you know, shoot your shot like Dan likes to say, but this is a fine pick. Um, I think he he's shown some interesting things um, in preseason and we'll see if it translates. Uh, Dan, you're on the clock at 4.6. And I'm assuming this is the guy who you meant to take, Mr. Javian Hawkins. Yep. Are running back for the Atlanta Falcons. Hashtag handcuff. This was this was 100 percent the handcuff pick. I Mike Davis is there, which who I have on my team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cordell Patterson's there, which is the like, you know, hey, it, it's gimmicky, but we're going to do with it. Quadri Olsen looked pretty decent last year um, with his opportunities. Deonta Foreman's older, a little injury prone. So this was my like I handcuff myself. Make sure you get the guy that's going to come back. And if Mike Davis goes down, you at least have a shot to not lose the backfield. Yeah. I mean, back-to-back um, undrafted free agents getting selected here. Um, yeah, I don't really have any thoughts running back. I mean, again, this is one of those ones where we talk about this, and it's, hey, man, like, yep, I, re- I understand the way you made this decision. 
I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, it's a wide open backfield. Well, Mike after Mike Davis, after Mike Davis, open. it's wide open. And yes, even you know, Mike Davis isn't necessarily the most correct. And that's where I'm going to take my to, yep. I'm going to take my shots with it. Yep. Uh huh. All right. Four dot seven. Uh, Stefan took Larry Roundtree, running back for the um, L.A. Chargers. Yeah. So, I mean, this was a cool pick for me because I my sister used to work at Missouri, so I got to go watch him run this year with it. Um, but Austin Eckler's the man. Josh Jackson's there. Josh Kelly's there. Maybe an injury play with it, but it's depth. And running back, as obviously we know, like Ruth says, is you feel very short shelf life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good pick. I'll take it. Yeah, he's fine. I mean, after Eckler, I don't think any running back on this roster is super impressive. Maybe he breaks through. Um, 4.8, Dan, you are back on the clock, and you took Trey McKitty, tight end for the L.A. Chargers. Love the fucking name. And this is one of those. I I think this is the guy after Jared Cook. Like, I legit think this is a guy who could work his way into it. He's 6'5". He's a very talented individual. Big arms, good catch radius. Um I like where I think he's going to be the starter after Jerry Cook leaves next year. Hmm. Also, also, fun fact: my the D on my fucking keyboard doesn't work. I don't know, I, but I'm, I'm I work through it. Hashtag foreshadow. Four to nine is a pick made by myself, and I took Hunter Long tight end for the Miami Dolphins. This is the you don't have faith in Adam Shaheen or Durham Smythe that we're going to and we're going to shoot a shot in a tight end premium league. Yeah, third round draft pick. I'm not a huge Mike Kosicki guy. He's a free agent to be. Maybe things get lucky and he could be the guy next year, but I'm not super optimistic. Mm-hmm. Armand's on the clock at 4.10, and he took Brevin Jordan, tight end for the Houston Texans. Uh, Jordan Aikens has been super banged up, so this is a, I think this is a fun pick for me. Like uh, This might be the best fourth round pick I think that got made with it just because Jordan Aikens isn't healthy. And I mean, granted, it's a Texans offense. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Yep. But I, I, I like this pick. Yeah, he's he had a lot of hype. And I think people thought he was going to go higher in the NFL draft. And I think he ended up going in like the sixth round. Um, so clearly the NFL just didn't view him as some of the fantasy prognosticators did. Um Intriguing. There's really no one in this tight end um, depth chart that has anything locked down or even looks like a long-term answer. Maybe Brevin Jordan looks to be that, but probably not. Yep. Uh, 4.11 is also Armand, and he took Kylan Hill, running back for the Green Bay Packers. I don't like this pick. Aaron Jones is there. A.J. Dillon's there for the long term. Uh, They tend to love to run Malik Taylor out of there just because for a speed piece. I think this is a shit pick, but that's just me. Yeah, another guy that had a lot of buzz and didn't go as high in the NFL draft as people thought. Um, he's looked okay in two preseason games, but you're right. It's just a lot of mouths ahead of him to get fed first, and we'll see mm-hmm. if he can really break in and do anything. Um, quick trade um, for 4.12. Um, Nick sent three fab dollars, and Armand sent 4.12. Um, and with 4.12, Nick took Daz Newsom, wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Dan, what's your thoughts on the trade? The only thing that I hope that I can say with this is, dear Christ, please let him take Javon Wims out of a fucking job with it. <laughs> like, that, that's the only thing that matters to me. The three draft dollars are fucking great, irrelevant. Nobody gives a shit. Javon Wims can go suck a nut with it. Like, just let, let Daz Newsom be that guy. <laughs> that, that's the homer pick to me. I don't give a shit anything about fantasy. Just I'm going straight homer on that shit. Well, I I mean I hope so too. Um, I I love seeing Fab traded. Um, I think it was creative from Armand. If you're if you're not going to take someone, get some Fab uh, money for it. Um, I figured it might have been a little bit more, but apparently not. People might not have been interested with any late round guy. Um, but yeah, Daz Newsom. I don't know if he's going to be anything, but if he replaces Javon Wims, that's a win. Yep, I agree. All right, uh, let's move on. We have two big trades to talk about. Um, one that involves myself and Chris, and I received Ezekiel Elliott. Chris received a 2022 first-round draft pick, a 2022 second-round draft pick, and a 2023 second-round draft pick. 
all of which are mine. Um, Robert Tunyon and Marquise Brown. Dan, what are your thoughts? I th- I like this trade. I mean, just just over. I mean, Hollywood Brown is obviously banged up. He plays in the Baltimore offense. I own a share of him in a couple other leagues, so I'm not going to bash him. Bob Tunyon, I traded for in another league with it. You get a first, you get two seconds, and you give up a arguably top five, tops guaranteed top seven running back in Elliott. Um, I think I think you do a little bit better in this, even though you give up a, a pretty decent amount of rebuilding capital. But I don't think you need to rebuild. Um, I. Th- yeah, I, I like this trade for you. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think I needed some running back help. I mean, I have Dalvin Cook, but Ezekiel Elliott is still one of the top guys in the league. Um, hate moving draft picks so frequently, um, but, you know, you got to pay a decent price to get a decent player. Um, for Chris's sake, I was... I was always surprised that he moved Clyde Edwards-Alaire before Ezekiel Elliott. I think it was inevitable that Zeke was moved um so I'm you know from his perspective I think getting a first two seconds is a good base and you know Hollywood Brown is still young and has a lot of upside and Robert Tunyon I actually love as a player um I didn't really want to move him but I am very I have a lot of tight ends so I I think he's I, I really like Robert Tunyon I'll just want to go on record now I think he's going to have a big year and I think he is going to a lot of people thought last year was a fluke, but I, I think he's here to be a elite tight end for a little bit. I, I yeah, it's. I th- I think a lot of it that that for me makes the, the piece with it is, Aaron Rodgers is going to play this year, and we know he's got good connection with Bob Tunyon. Mm-hmm. What happens after this? Yeah, no, I mean it's it's a fair question. Um, Jordan Love looked okay in the first preseason game. But that's what's going to you know, be the million-dollar question is, does Aaron Rodgers actually move on after this year? And if he does, Jordan Love. It's it's the Jordan yep. Love show. Can he be that guy? Um, Tunyon is still under a one-year deal. He was a restricted free agent, and he signed his tender this offseason. So he's going to be someone that either needs to be signed to a long-term deal or franchise-tagged or, you know, who knows, maybe he, like, follows Aaron Rodgers to some new team and keeps that those vibes going. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But... Um, good players stay good. So if he is a good player, like I think he is, I don't think he falls off the face of the earth without Aaron Rodgers. But hashtag love Green Bay. <laughs> All right, and we have one more trade that just happened. Like oh, this what a great trade! Ten hours ago, uh, Steve sent, or let's say Steve received Terrace Marshall Jr. a 2024 first, second, and third round draft pick from Stefan. And Stefan received DJ Chark and Kareem Hunt. Dan, what are your thoughts? I think you forgot the fact that Stefan sent $1 in fab. My apologies. Yeah, don't fucking leave the fab out, man. I can't leave the fab. That that really turns the tide here. It it does. That's, I mean, game changer. Fab, fappening. Like, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things in our life that start with F, that free food fuck. Like, those are great things in life. Um, I love... DJ Chark and what potentially could come in this Jacksonville offense with Trevor Lawrence. I, I think I'll say it here. This is hashtag bold predictions. I know we don't do this typically this early. DJ Tark is a top seven wide receiver in fantasy this year. Interesting. Yep. Cream hunt's going to be cream hunt. He's going to spell Nick Chubb. He's going to be a role player in the passing game. It's, it's going to be there. I, do I think Stefan wins the trade? No, but I, I, I think it's, I mean, ever so lopsided to, to Steve in this world with it. I, the first, second, and third in 2024, I know nothing about this draft class. Uh, Terrence Marshall is going to be good in Carolina as long as Sam Darnold's good. Mm-hmm. But to me, this is the DJ Chark, Trevor Lawrence connection that, that that I think is going to be an absolute banger of uh, connection this year and years to come. Man, so I'm I'm on the opposite side. I, I actually, knew you would be. I knew you would be. I really like this for Steve. I just don't believe in DJ Chark. Um, I know he had a rough rookie year. He really had a great second year, and last year was back to being rough. Um, 
Urban Meyer has been sending mixed signals. Um, there's been so much stuff said. And you can't read into all this stuff. I totally get it. But I just I, I just don't like I do not think there's a chance in hell that TJ Chark is a top seven wide receiver this year. I think there's probably a better chance that he's a top 37 wide receiver. Like I just I don't see it. Um, I think if we want to make predictions, Marvin Jones Jr. is going to be the top wide receiver Ooh. on the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. Interesting. Um, for Steve, or excuse me, for Stefan, like this just seems like an unnecessary deal. I don't think Kareem Hunt or DJ Chark moves the needle much for you. So you're going to trade all these draft picks. You're going to trade Terrace Marshall Jr., who I quite like. Um, he's, you know, it's preseason, but he was a second round draft pick. I mean, this. I I don't know. Like I, for Stefan, I just think this was like a. I don't want to say a waste of resources because his team got better, but I think he could have been much more efficient with trading some of these picks for something that could help him. Um, you know, we've seen like Stefan, like he completely does everything possible to you know get new players to upgrade areas, but the one area that he keeps not addressing at all is quarterback and. We'll see. You know, right now he's got Tom Brady. He's got Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. Um, you know, hopefully that doesn't become a problem this year. And DJ Chark is a stud. Um, but from Steve's side, I think, you know, DJ Chark is young. Uh, Kareem Hunt is a little bit older. But, like, this is just a great package to get back for both those guys. Terrace Marshall has a lot of promise. The first and second round draft pick are a long ways away. But... You know, I the, the fact that you have him is a win. It's definitely a win. And I just think like a trade like this, I you know, I'm just completely out on DJ Chark. So if he turns out to be successful, I am gonna be wrong in my assessment here. But I think Steve did very well in this trade. Um and for Stefan, his team got better, sure, but I don't think it was efficiently money well spent. I mean, I think the best part about this is is we get to talk about this, and we're talking about guys that are three years out right now for for a turn at the moment. And this yep. is, you know, all part of Steve's rebuild that we're now yep. seeing is becoming, you know, fully functional. This could be the fact that Stevan now falls from glory in where his power rankings are, and we'll get this to another podcast. Yep. But like 2024, Stefan could be fucking, you know, sniffing fucking worms at the zoo. So Stefan has Stefan has three fourth round draft picks the next three years. Stefan's quarterbacks, as I mentioned, are Tom Brady, Jared Goff, Teddy Bridgewater, who I forgot, and Carson Wentz. Like, if he wants to get a quarterback at this point, assuming none of those guys break out, and really the only guy—I mean, I guess you know maybe one of them can—but if none of them break out, the only way for him to improve his team is by trading players. So, like, there's no, until next year, when he can trade 2025 draft picks, um, there's just not an avenue for him to greatly improve his team. Like, I don't know. Like, this trading draft picks at nonstop is risky, but I think it's even more riskier when you do it with, you know, when you don't have quarterbacks. When you don't have, like, a, a just a foundational piece for your roster, that is risky. And, uh, you know, I don't agree with that. Um, and uh, I, I love this trade for Steve, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, time will tell this. These are one of those fun things where, yeah, it's going to be a long time. I, oh, it's going to be a long time. But I love the fact that we make these podcasts, yep. like take notes, you know, for all you listeners, the whole three of you that probably do this <laughs> with it. Um, I, I, I really am curious as to see how many people watch, like actually listen to this shit with it, but take notes. I mean, I'd love to eat crow later on in life. Like that's that's what it is. But it's true. I mean, yeah. So I mean, let's let's wrap let's wrap things up. We got a last little segment here that we're gonna be talking about, but let's kind of pull it together. Yeah. So I mean, I guess the only real thing to close is we had the waivers turn on after the rookie draft and we saw some, you know, players added, obviously some rookies, but of course there were some vets. Was there anything that stuck out with you in terms of bidding maybe for a player or just dollar amount spent or anything like that. I think the biggest one for me was the Jacob Eason one. Yeah. And I, to me, like you have an opportunity to pick up a starting quarterback with it and you, you, you know, you blow your load a little bit, do what you got to do, but 
I mean, the Jacob Eason pick is interesting to me. And mm-hmm. Ruth obviously won the won the lotto and kind of that with 67 draft dollars. You know, bummer not going 69 because I appreciate the Rob Gronkowski reference <laughs> with it. But I, I think this was the best one to me. I mean, Quintez Watkins is 73. I don't even fucking know who that guy is with it. I think that that's fucking more flabbergasting than anything. But I like the Jacob Eason bid. Um, you give your shot at a starting quarterback. Nobody knows. And then obviously we have the, the you know, Xavier Jones with it, which I, I mean, kudos to Steve for winning at $39 because he's, he stands a shot to, to spell a starting running back. Again, we all assume that this is going to be Daryl Henderson's backfield, but nobody knows. But I think the Jacob Eason bid was probably the best bid with the highest return other than Watkins and Jones. Yeah. I mean, there, it was a pretty bare waiver wire. It I wasn't really was, surprised. Yes. Um, I thought Watkins and Easton would be the top two guys added. I thought actually Easton would be the number one guy added. Um, but yeah, I mean, Easton, I, I don't know. I mean, you're, pro- you're probably 100% right. Like the fact that he has a chance to be a starting quarterback, um, it maybe actually is a little surprising. He didn't go for more than $67 and he didn't have more than six bids on him. But um, kudos to Nick um, for getting him. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that's, I think, all we have for this one. Is there any other thoughts or something I missed in? No, no. I think we're, I think we're going to wind her down here. I think this was a, I can't wait for the next podcast, which hashtag foreshadow is a power rankings one. Oh, yeah. That'll, that'll go through and tell us like, hey, this is what our, you know, where people sit, but I'm going to turn my music down because I think that was fucking loud. Um. I, yeah, I think I think we can highlight some. I, there were a lot of interesting pieces, and I hope we were dickish enough for you in the trade aspect to it <laughs> that we were that we were good analysis wise from the picks that were made, what was on the board, what your specific team was looking for. Um, I mean, it's it's another year, dude. It's another year. It's almost here. We only have uh, two weeks from Thursday. Yep. Three weeks from last Thursday. Yep. The NFL season's almost here, and I hope the trades keep rolling. I know there's, from what I can, from what I understand, there's a lot of talks happening. So I'm glad yep. to hear the activity. And um, you know what? You know what starts up at that point in time, dude. What's that? My favorite segment. Pick them. Pick them. Let's fucking go. Let's do it. Oh wait, was it the tiebreaker? Um, would Sam Darnold be a starting quarterback? And I took yes. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to win this. You are. You are going to uh-huh. 100% win it. So we're going to be 1-1 one, one going into this year. Okay. Um. So I I mean, it's not for sure, but it's for sure. Um. It's for sure. Yeah. Fuck. Yes. Um, All right, guys. Till yeah. next week or till the next podcast. Have a great one.